0: Welcome to Chai with Ping. Chai, a kind of milk tea with spices, and it is an essential drink to have with chit-chat and conversations in South Asia. So, on that note, in this podcast, we'll cover a range of different topics, from cultures, languages, underrepresented stories and lived experiences. Join me with a cup of chai and listen to these stories. Okay, three, two, one, action. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Chai with Ping. Thank you for listening to our first ever episode. Well, it doesn't include my intro um, episode because it's just me talking and introducing the, the podcast. Um, today, we have someone special. Um, he's very special for, uh, to me, and um, so I just felt that it would be great to have him over for the first episode, and uh, we can listen to his stories. Hi. Hi.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Louis. I am from India. I moved to Denver three years ago. Since then, we have been living here in Colorado in Highlands Ranch, which is a suburb of Denver. And before moving to Denver, I lived in Taiwan for a couple of years. And before that, I lived the rest of my life in India, where I was born and brought up. I am married to a beautiful woman who is from Taiwan and who is interviewing me right now. This <laughs> is my first ever podcast interview, and I am excited.
0: <laughs> so, um, yes, as you can hear that Louis is my husband and we met in India. So I um, today we just want to focus a little bit about your experience as a international person in Taiwan and then later here in the U.S. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> first question. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your um, experience as a foreigner in Taiwan? Is there any similarities or differences between India and Taiwan?
1: Of course, there has been a lot of uh, new experiences for me living in Taiwan as a foreigner. Taiwan was the first country I lived outside India. I lived in uh, India for the rest of my life before moving to Taiwan for a couple of years. And I experienced a lot of cross-culture experiences, including, uh, of course, different language from the traffic. In India, our traffic is uh, very different than in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And plus, we drive on the left side of the street in India. In Taiwan, uh, we drive. People drive on the right side of the street. Mm-hmm. Plus, the food is totally different. And we are. I was more used to eating a lot of spicy food, like not mm-hmm. super hot, but with a lot of different spices and herbs, different flavors. In Taiwan, uh, the food is definitely cooked differently. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Some of it (laughs) or grown the taste for a lot of things over the time, but I definitely miss Indian food Mm. a lot, especially initially. And some of the similarities are that in Taiwan as well, you can connect to people on personal level. And I was able to make some local friends as well with whom I can share uh, life or they would be uh, open to ask questions about how life is going. What are the things with me, and all that was helpful. Mm. And yeah, those were some of the similarities or differences I could think of right now.
0: And so you were there in Taiwan for two years. Yes. Yeah. And and what was easy
1: for you? What was easy? That's well, right. I chose to study in Taiwan. I wanted to live in Taiwan for a few years just to learn the culture and language that you grew up with. So I thought studying, it would be the easiest way to get there. And so I quit my job in Delhi and mm-hmm. did the master's in Taiwan. So I think it was kind of uh, easier as a foreign student to live around the university because the course I did was international MBA Mm. So a lot of our classmates were from different countries who also did not know Chinese. So our conversations used to be more in English yeah. and we hang out with each other more. And places around the campus, people do speak uh, a little bit of English or, or probably even the, spe- even the shopkeepers would have enough uh, language skills for to serve us or we would catch some Chinese words. So living near the campus was easy as a mm. foreign student.
0: Yeah, I, I can feel that. Like um, we did spend one year in Xinzhou and um, I felt that you were very comfortable around your campus and that it's easy to meet friends as well. Um, so, but like what was hard for you? Was there any challenges?
1: I think uh, the biggest challenge I experienced in Taiwan was post-graduation, after we graduated as international students and tried to find jobs in different companies. Even if it was international companies uh, that we applied into, they were looking for somebody with Chinese language proficiency, proficiency. (laughs) So you need to be fluent in Chinese or up to the mark that you can do business in Chinese. So even international companies, In Taiwan, uh, have Chinese as their official primary language to do business, and that made it a lot difficult for international Mm. students to get the foot in the door.
0: Yeah, I understand. That's true. I think a lot of companies are still adapting to transfer Mandarin into English, but it's it hasn't been very easy because we were not educated that way. Well, thank you. Um, is there any story that you will forget during those two years?
1: Oh, there have been a lot of stories that I would not forget from my time in Taiwan. And one of the funny incidents is about the language issue. Uh, so there was this one day that we went for a breakfast early morning and I checked the menu. It had a uh, carrot cake and that got me excited. Wow, carrot cake, it's been some time. So I ordered <laughs> some hot tea and carrot cake and I was ready for my meal once it came on my desk, on my table, so I was served with a white carrot cake and I was, for a moment, surprised, how come a carrot cake is white, not brown (laughs) or red? But I thought maybe it's just something different, but when I had a bite, it was not sweet, it was salty. (laughs) And that made me just feel confused. How come a carrot cake be salty? And then of course, uh, later I learned that it was a radish cake. It's a normal uh, or regular Taiwanese breakfast item, which I did not know was also called a carrot cake.
0: <laughs> That's right. That. <laughs> yeah, in Mandarin, carrots and radish are very similar. It's just a, a color difference uh, when it comes to the names. So carrots are hong and and reddish are bi so I guess there was some meaning lost in the translation and I definitely saw your frustration it's like what is this and it's like what it's supposed to be sweet and then it's like the carrot cake the western one and the reddish cake it's like what is that <laughs> so I do remember thank you for sharing that with us <laughs> Um. so um, we talked about a little bit of experience for you in Taiwan and now we're transitioning to uh, the section of the US. How long have we been here?
1: We have been in US for three years.
0: Yeah, almost three years. Yeah, that's right. So what has been your experience
1: here? My experience in the US? uh, Well, I thought it would have been a lot more efficient here and things would be fast paced and you would be able to get what you want to get pretty fast since uh, you know, living in India, I, there were a few things could have been slower if it's the, related to the government agencies or things like that. But when I moved here, I had an expectation that, you know, since we had already applied for the green card even before coming here based on marriage, and I was thinking that, okay, once we move there, uh, based on our timeframe, our application is already in pre- process, I should get it. Uh, within three, four months and I can start working then. And it did actually take almost one year for me to get a social security number or a work permit. So that was kind of uh, shocking for me to know that, okay, well, the government processes here can also take that long. And meanwhile, during this entire process, I was not being notified by the agency that often I had. I was regularly checking on their system and everything. They did update their statuses whenever it changed. But in between, there was no information. Even if you call them, people answering the phone would not have uh, much information on that.
0: Mm. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people can relate to your experience. And um, that was definitely a very long wait. Um, we actually waited for a year and you couldn't work and you couldn't, like some, I, I felt that a lot of people don't really real, realize like how important, um, you know, getting those documentation done it, it was, like, because without the social security number and, you know, basically just your ID, right? Then you can't even drive because you can't get an, um driver's license. So that, that was difficult. So like on top of that, was there any culture shock for you?
1: I guess that was itself a culture shock. It was not as per my expectations. Mm. Apart from that, I knew a bit about uh, different, difference in culture between the United States and uh, India or Taiwan. So that made the transition a little smoother.
0: Yeah. Um, and what was easy for you? What did you like about it, living here?
1: I think what is easy living here uh, first of all, language being bilingual definitely helped more than in Taiwan, uh, where I had to be but only one language. But of course, like English is the first language here, which is my second language. So that made it a little bit easier for me. Apart from that, uh, Denver, even though it is not as Metro as East or West Coast, but it is Metro enough. Uh, that we can find all the things that I would miss from India. Like there's so many Indian stores here that I can buy the stuff from. So all that was easy. Mm. And otherwise, I guess doing life here is comparatively not that difficult because everything is easily accessible based on what you need and how you want to get it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think we talk about this. It's um, I felt like a lot of things in Taiwan were more expensive for Indians and here we can actually just find a lot of different products from different countries and so that made our life a little bit easier, especially in the food, right? So how is food important to you? Is it like super important or eh, it's all right?
1: Oh, food is very important. Mm, <laughs> I'm <actually yeah. laughs> a very adaptive person. I'm not very picky about a lot of things. And even with food, I like to experience or enjoy different food from different places, different cultures. So uh, it is definitely something that I could do easily. But over the time you do definitely do mess your food from your home. And I did realize that after some time that I was missing flavor from home. But thanks to my dear wife, who can cook delicious (laughs) masala chicken and some other stuff. And thanks to YouTube, I was able to learn some things myself that I never imagined I would be able to cook. Since in India, I never have to cook because I was always uh, fed by either my mom when I was home or when I lived in my auntie and uncle, my auntie would cook for us. Or if I'm living when I was sharing room with a roommate, we would probably just order food outside. Yeah, that's
0: right. Like cooking on our own is definitely a very important aspect here um, in the US, right? Because it's so expensive to eat out and on top of the meal, we need to tip the servers. I just feel like the social structures are very different over here. It's like in Asia, either in India or in Taiwan, the food cost is so much lower to eat out. So we kind of just get spoiled by that, but here we have to cook and maybe it's a once a week thing to eat out. Um, Was there any incident that happened uh, that was like, like inspiring or unforgettable for you here in the US?
1: I don't know about inspiring, but I, know, I remember <laughs> one incident that I would not forget. And of course you wouldn't remember this too, that when we were living near the Delhi, I'm sorry, not Delhi, Denver University, where you're studying right now. And you used to work this evening job at a children's school. And I used to go yes. for the gym at DU. Mm. And after my workout, I would just walk To your workplace and wait for you then we can walk together home and then this one day it was kind of cold it was winter evening and was getting dark and a little bit rainy i guess well i guess so after my workout i just came to that place where i used to wait for you and it was cold so i was wearing my hood and Mm -hmm. my hoodie and then i was just waiting there and I did not try to uh, go to the reception to ask for you. I thought you'll be out. So I'll just wait here. So I was waiting at the gate and I think they found me as a suspicious person. And after, <laughs> after me waiting there for 15 minutes and doing nothing, uh, so I saw a cop approaching me. So I saw a cop's vehicle driving into that school and stopping by then a cop approached me I mean he came towards me and then he just started out talking to me asking me question who are you what are you doing here and mm. then there was a guard as well who came from inside the school and yes. then they both started to chat with me they were mm. pretty nice they just wanted to know who I am and what I'm doing there
0: mm.
1: and uh, so I told them that my wife works in here I'm waiting for her and then they asked your name I told them the name and then of course everything was confirmed They they apologized, they said, uh, we are sorry. It's just that we did not know uh, who you are. And that's why we just wanted to take precaution. So yeah, that was one incident and I would not forget. And it could be because of my color uh, that I definitely look differently. And Mm. I'm like young tall person with beard and hoodie on, standing in front of a children's school. Yeah, with the backpack, uh, it could <laughs> look uh, suspicious. So I guess yeah, I have no uh, complaints about it. But that's <laughs> one incident I will never forget.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I I also got uh, my side of the story. They came to me saying, "I your husband is waiting outside." We didn't know it was him. We thought just someone suspicious, and I was like super surprised because I didn't know how much precaution they'll take and then like right now thinking back I just feel like okay it's a private um, elementary school so I think they just want to be super cautious because all those kids were um, probably rich and so they want to be careful and I also thought of one aspect I don't know if you you noticed that it's like the race, um definitely affect a lot of things here in the US. It's like people's mind just kind of shifted when they see uh, a brown person or a non-white person. And then um, if it's it's someone that they're not familiar with, then they kind of assume, I I think that there will be higher chance that they assume there are something negative about it. What do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I guess it's just based on uh the stats or data or the information the law enforcement has to maintain or be uh, cautious about. And based on probably some of the factors, they, there are some things which are considered as red flags, so to say, that could uh, stand out for to be suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We don't know. We're ESL people. <laughs> Yeah, well, so then on that one, well, that one was pretty much a culture shock for me as well. Um, did, you, did you face any, or what kind of stereotype did you face when you're outside of India? Because you talk about like a race already.
1: Oh, yeah. So since before moving to Taiwan, I never lived abroad. And I did not know much about what stereotypes could be, or at least I did not personally experience it. So, yeah, when I was in Taiwan and even in, uh, living in the US, uh, I see a lot of people see if, uh, an Indian to be in IT, information technology. Oh, so, a lot yeah. of time people ask you a question that, hey, are you in IT? What, are you an engineer? <laughs> and I have nothing to do with that. I did business studies, international MBA. I worked with American Express most of my life. Or mm. uh, even here, I'm working with US Bank. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's one stereotype, which is that every Indian is in i t. others <laughs> some of the others are that every Indian eat hot food. Oh, yeah, and or they
0: will say curry. They don't even say hot food. It's like they eat curry every day.
1: Uh, yeah, some people might <laughs> think that, but yeah, they do definitely believe that we eat oh, hot and spicy food. Mm-hmm. So of course, as I said earlier, I do like spicy food Then, but for me, spicy is more flavorous and different herbs and spices, not just pepper. And there are a lot of other stereotypes as well that I experienced. And everybody speaks Hindi or (laughs) everybody speaks with an accent or... So But when I was in Taiwan as a Mm -hmm. student, whenever I got a chance to introduce India, I would always have a slide about the stereotype. Okay, these things that people think about Indians, are there to some extent but does not uh, apply to every Indian because India is huge we cannot generalize India we have a variety of cultures and different things can influence our uh, culture or the way we speak or how we look.
0: Yeah well on top of that I just have a question for you if when you say that not everyone speaks Hindi in India then what kind of languages do you guys speak?
1: Okay, so yeah, so we have 26 official languages. When I checked it last, I do not know if it increased. So <laughs> in India, we have hundreds of dialects and a lot of different languages. Mm. When I say languages, it's not just verbal, it's like you have, we have scripts of uh, writing and reading and all that. Yes. Uh, and each state in India has the right to choose their own official language. So mm. based on that, we have twenty-six official languages in India, and of course, Hindi is probably the most spoken uh, language in India. But mm. then we have some other languages, which uh, like Malayalam, Tamil, yes, Kannad, and some of the Punjabi, Marathi,
0: yeah, Punjabi,
1: Marathi, yeah, yeah, Gujarati, Urdu, and <laughs> there are a lot of <laughs> Gujarati. Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of other languages which are also uh, spoken by a lot of people that's true so, yeah you got a lot of languages
0: mm, I guess for a Taiwanese like me um, at first when I was there it was just really hard to grasp that you know like nothing has a fixed answer Um, for example it's like I was just hoping to go to a country and then this is the majority of the language but like I just realized oh so many different people they speak different languages dialects and then and then, even like when you met me, you, you didn't know I was not Indian, right? Could you talk about that?
1: Huh. Yes, of course. Uh, when I saw you the first time, since you were wearing some uh, Indian kurti, it's mm. a regular uh, daily wear for Indian girls. Mm. And, uh, so I thought you were from northeast of India because people from northeast of India, of course, they are all Indians. But uh, their facial uh, features are more like people from Southeast Asia, so they look uh, oh. just like other Mongolian fish, people from China, also yeah. Indonesia, uh, less Indonesia, I guess, <laughs> more Chinese mm. and Taiwanese. Yeah. So yeah, I thought you were from Northeast.
0: That's just so interesting because when I like before I met any northeasterners and it's just like I never thought there will be people looking like me and when I met them and I went to my friend's house in Sikkim which is a like very close to Darjeeling and Assam like where all the teas are from like almost all the tea in the world um they were also very impressed to see we look so much alike yeah so thank you for sharing that with us um so then yeah, Was there anything,
1: note, yeah? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on no that problem. note, since we are talking about Northeast, I would like to share a little bit about that, that uh, just because they looks slightly different uh, from the other North and South Indians, even though like people from India and in North could look very different from people in South. And, and people from Northeast, of course, look totally different than people from North or South. But people from, I guess, northeast of uh, India, they feel much more racism than, I guess, other uh, people from other places. Since they look more like uh, Chinese ethnicity, Mm -hmm. even though they are Indians, and they have their own languages. So uh, if they try to speak Hindi, their Hindi is uh, with an accent, but it would be with their Regional uh, accent influence Mm. or their regional language influence. So they are called with different names, which is not pretty cool. And we also have actually a very small minority of Chinese Indians. That's right. Yeah. Chinese ethnicity, but they are Mm. Indian because their ancestors moved to India a long time ago.
0: Yes, I heard about them and some of them as well. It's just so amazing to see like those old (laughs) we call them old immigrants like they have been there for a long long time and we just never thought about that and this is something that I'm really interested in you know maybe in the future we can interview those people and to hear from their voices yeah um so Louis we're coming to the end we do have a few more questions for you um though one of them is like what do you miss the
1: most about home what I miss the most about home of just being home, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> it's always different to uh, live in a different city or a different country altogether than in your home city or hometown. Of course, for now, wherever uh, God takes us, that is our home. And where we both are together, that is home. Mm. Since I uh, grew up in I lived most of my life there, Mm. I still see that as my first home and I miss it a lot. I miss the food, I miss the streets I used to walk on. I miss to just uh the ability to just, you know, hang out with my friends who I grew up with whenever I feel like and be with my parents and my sister and my family and friends. I guess I miss all that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it sounds like Almost every aspect, but very importantly, I think you also mentioned your family and community, the the friends and all that, and relatives. Yeah, Mm. so coming out from India for almost four years or even approaching to five years now, what are the tips that you will have um, for other people to living in the U.S. as an Indian?
1: Okay, well, tips for people to live uh, in US who are coming from India. I guess in, there are a lot of Indians here already. So before you move in, you can uh, check Facebook or check different platforms to connect with people in the locality you're about to move and you can make some connections. I guess uh, one important thing uh, before you, a person moves from India to US or even Taiwan or any other country, I would say something that helped me and would be helpful for others as well is to learn a bit about the culture you're going to move in. That helps a lot, because you will already know a few things that you should expect. It won't be as hard a culture shock than not knowing anything and totally be... Unprepared.
0: That's right. So, plugging into a community, and then you can probably get support from your own people.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. And learning about the cultures.
0: That's right. Wow. How do you learn about
1: cultures? There are a lot of resources these days. There are earlier, there used to be books, which are still available. You can read books about different countries and culture shocks. Mm. And in addition to that, you can just YouTube it. You can just. Yeah go on internet and read articles, or just watch some videos about people who ha- already has experienced it, or they have, they have already broken it down for you.
0: That's right, or even just listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. In the future, I'll definitely interview more Indians and, um, or even more immigrants here in the US or there around the country. So, wow, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end?
1: I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be your first (laughs) interviewee. It was fun. And I hope as we get more people, we'll have a lot of interesting uh, voices, different stories, even small things that they would share from their lives Mm. would be very interesting to hear.
0: Definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Louis. And I do know that you, so if our listeners have um, more questions for you, how can they find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook, and mm-hmm. if you know Ping on Facebook, then you can find me on the <laughs> list. Or uh, yeah.:
0: Yeah. OK. Sure. So listeners, Lewis' um, in, um, information will be attached to the episode notes, and feel free to contact him if you have more questions. Thank you, Lewis.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
0: (laughs) Wasn't it fun to interview your own husband? I learned so much from his stories and his thoughts on culture. What do you think? Let us know. Thank you for listening to Chai with Pink. Let us hear your voices. Please share, like, and follow us on Instagram at chaiwithping. You can also email us at chaiwithping at gmail.com. Till next time!